Brian Hardesty is a co-owner of Gorilla Street Food and, as you probably know by now, kind of a podcast favorite. We were chatting recently for our episode about how reopening is going to look, and he said they're actually doing okay right now with their two locations, one in Webster Groves, one on the Del Mar Loop. The takeout curbside delivery outfit actually fits them pretty well, he said. But one reason for that surprised me. Without the support of everybody donating meals to the, the hospitals, I'm not sure we would be having the same conversation. That's been where we really have kind of gotten a lifeline is people donating food to the hospitals by way of, you know, buying it from us, Meals for Meds or, or any of the other uh, groups that are, are kind of gathering donations for that, uh, for that cause. And that's been at least 25% of our business. Really? Yeah, because... the anybody any patrons at any point 24 hours a day seven days a week they can make donations through our website they can just donate money and then that money accrues and then we go i think we right now we go three days a week and we just drop off x amount of meals based on how much money was donated and there you go it's extremely smooth nobody has to really do anything it's just we fulfill our end everybody donates and you know we get to keep the doors open it's awesome for about a month, Meals for Meds has been a movement among local restaurants where customers can donate money to help sponsor meals for hospital workers still on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19. John Perkins, owner of Juniper in the Central West End, spearheaded the effort, which has quickly grown to more than two dozen local places offering the option. And this week, they began a partnership with Frontline Foods, a nationwide nonprofit. It's an effort by celebrity chef Jose Andres and his World Central Kitchen that will, one, offer tax-exempt donations, which could be an incentive for big companies to donate, and two, pay the restaurants for every meal they deliver. Because while Meals for Meds runs on donations to a certain extent, it also means a lot of restaurants covering the cost of meals themselves, out of the goodness of their hearts. Yes, you can still order food through Meals for Meds in their website, but now you can also visit the STL webpage of Frontline Foods, where you can donate money that will go into a big pot. That's then distributed to restaurants to pay them back for the meals they send to frontline workers. Here's John on why this partnership could be such a game changer. It was a real volunteer aspect to what we were trying to do with Meals for Meds. So in other words, um, people were starting to go ahead and deliver food regardless of whether or not they were getting individual donations. And the only way that people could actually get money for the food that they were bringing is if they were able to motivate their clientele or their customer base to give them money for it. It's a little more bang for the buck, if you will. Uh, in terms of what we can raise and how quickly we can raise it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. I think what it'll actually allow us to do in the next month or so as we continue to, to go through all of this is we can actually activate a lot more restaurants and probably create a lot more consistent meal delivery from, from folks because they know there's going to be actual payment uh, for that stuff that's delivered. You know, I, one of the holdups has been people want to participate, but without a guarantee and without knowing what they would be able to raise, their ability to provide meals on a day-to-day -day basis was really limited. So what partnership allows for, again, provided that we can build up some money in the bank, um, is for me to just come along and be like, okay, like Mission Taco, you guys did a thousand meals. Here's money for a thousand meals. Okay, Pickles Deli, you did 48 meals. 
here's money for 48 meals. Um, and that sort of guarantee of income for that actually will allow restaurants to start taking on more, you know, then, then pickles can do four days of delivery rather than just two. So yes, get the word out. People need to donate to Frontline to make this work. But overall, this is great news for workers and the restaurants feeding them. There's a lot of amazing things that we are going to be able and have been able to do um, in the last six or so weeks. Just being at grassroots, <laughs> three people and a lot of restaurants and a lot of hospitals. So I'm excited to see what happens next. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, we are applauding this effort, and we're meeting the need too, as in one of the owners of Need Bakehouse and Provisions on Hampton. There is a way to be hospitable and caring and loving, um, even with a mask and gloves on, and I think that's something that I've learned. How Meals for Meds helped her find her place in the local restaurant community, and why she thinks this culture of feeding others will become part of the new normal. Plus, ways in which she thinks breaking bread will change and stay the same, and her advice for all of you out there trying to make your own loaves at home. I asked Kirsten Brown, who runs the front of house at Need while her husband AJ takes over the culinary side of things, the same question I ask everyone these days. How has your day-to-day -day life changed in the past few months? Her answer to that same old question was a bit different. Sure. <laughs> um, well, it's changed um, significantly. Just for us, we have a seven-month-old. So before um, I had her, I was here a lot. And then I had her, and I was home a lot. And so now we, all three of us are back at the restaurant, um, which is really fun. And um, it's take, you know has its own challenges having a baby. I thought you were just going to say, oh, it's different because of all the reasons everybody's life is different. Throwing in a newborn into the mix. <laughs> yeah, um, and a virus that, you know, I don't know anything about. So just day to day, we are here, you know, um, from like 7, I arrive, and AJ's here much earlier. He gets here at like 4, and we um, have just figured out how to do curbside, and so... He's pretty much in the kitchen with a couple other of our staff members that we've been able to keep on. And then I'm running front of house, just running orders out and then um, also being a mom. <laughs> and talking about how they got involved with getting food to hospital workers, you'll hear a bit of being a mom in her answer, too. Basically, when they decided to start feeding folks at BJC, John Perkins at Juniper asked if they wanted to partner up to reach more workers. Great. Sign me up. Like, how can I help? Um, you know, with the logistics of getting, you know, I had some contacts at Barnes that he didn't have. And so how do we, how do we connect then the restaurants to then the hospital? Because that was also tricky. Um, and so it's transitioned even since um, we scheduled this interview. It's now changed slightly. We, so now we're going to. Okay, I got to ask, is that your baby? Yes. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. Dad duty. Oh, <laughs> no, you're totally fine. <laughs> Let me just kind of pop my head out for just a second. Of course, please do. <laughs> okay, so sorry. 
you're totally fine. You know, I used to always say part of the reason that we need to go to the restaurants when we do our podcast is because that's where the people who are interviewing, that's where their life happens. And now we're just kind of seeing a different side of things by doing things over Zooms and Skypes and FaceTimes. <laughs> I can't, I can't put on the perfect front. Sorry. I appreciate it though. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so it's kind of just changed. She says the change, that partnership with Frontline Foods, will mean a lot for their business, underscoring what John says about this being healthy for the restaurant industry. So it's allowing us to hire our employees back on that we had to furlough. And it's also giving people a, a way to, you know, people are stuck at home, they want to help. They want to do something, but they don't know how and they don't know what. So they're able now to donate. And they were able to donate through Meals for Meds too, but this is just now um, a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's like an actual nonprofit donation at this point. Right, so um, that is, that's kind of what we're transitioning to now. We're finishing out Meals for Meds and that's not gonna go away. Like if somebody wants to give me $10 to get two meals to go to BJC or whichever hospital it might be, we will then care, you know, we will still do that and like take care of that, but then we'll have the frontline foods on top of that. So it's just, it's allowing us to have more restaurants, more hospitals, because we're gonna have a pool of money that we can allocate a little bit more to hospitals, which will be great. I'm interested to see how frontline foods kind of even takes it to the next level, because they just have the, the infrastructure that, you know, we were working on spreadsheets that were like, they were fine. They did what they needed to do. <laughs> The apps and the technology that now we have to be able to really serve is incredible. So that's, it's going to be really exciting um, to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. We talk a lot about how the restaurant community is pretty tight knit. Looking at the Meals for Meds webpage, the restaurants that have gotten involved, well, there's a lot of diversity there. Perennial, Artisan Ales, The Bon Me Shop, Elmwood, Gringo, 612 a sort of random assortment that Kirsten says has actually been really good to be a part of and can only get bigger. I think one of the, one of the coolest things that's happened for me personally in this um, is I'm a little bit, I am an extrovert, but I'm shy. I'm not going to stick my neck out there. And so in this, I've been able to, and to connect with some like really amazing restaurants here in St. Louis that I haven't otherwise done because I've, you know, I'm like, I don't know if they want to talk to me, which is so dumb. Um, but uh, just connecting with restaurants that, like, I didn't know before this. And and now going to them and saying, hey, I have, a, I have an opportunity for you to hire your team back on. And um, at least some people. And, like, let me know if you're interested. Let's talk more. And it's just creating a relate the relationships that we within the restaurant community and the restaurant industry are just I feel like blossoming because everybody's doing everybody has the same struggles um, and everybody wants to to help one another and so this is another opportunity that we get to do that and and build relationship within within San Luis which is really cool. Along with the curbside meals of the hearty sandwiches and pastries you're used to having inside their happy shop or cater to you at work, they've been offering to-go full loaves, provisions, produce, groceries, and meal kits. 
Make your own pizza is one of them. Kirsten imagines those spending more time at home with their families can gather in the kitchen and make something delicious together. One thing that I know has become pretty popular with people is baking bread. Um, people yeah. are taking care of their little sourdoughs and doing yeah. the little sourdough raising things. Any advice that you all have for people who are trying to bake bread for the very first time in their homes during this lockdown? Right. Um, so a lot of people don't know, you know, and, and I was even naive to this before I met my husband, AJ, and now I'm, you know, fully immersed in bread, but, um, and I still have a lot to That sounds like the best way to, thing to be immersed in is bread. It's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, Sourdough, you know, we have our starter, and you need starter to have your bread rise, right? Otherwise, you're going to get a cracker or a pita, which are great things, but you're not going to get your loaf of bread that, um, that you're expecting. So a lot of people don't even know what starter is. It's just our flour that we use and water that we allow to grow, and the you know, bacteria makes it active, and have all these crazy, crazy bubbles and stuff, and, and it's alive. And <laughs> ours alive for seven years, so um, it, almost eight years now. Um, and so we've been just sharing that with people. Um, you can purchase it on our online website, and we have instructions that are on our Instagram. What makes bread such a good um, quarantine activity? <laughs> what makes it a good quarantine activity? Yeah. I think one of the things that AJ talks about a lot um, is just the use of his hands. Like it's similar to gardening, right? Like being out in the garden and um, you like are in the soil, right? And same with the bread. Um, there's not like a ton of other um, things that you make in the kitchen where you're kneading the dough and like shaping and watching it, you know, proof and rise and so there's a lot of hands-on no pun intended but a lot of hands-on <laughs> parts so I feel like that for quarantine um is really uh you know a stress stress reliever reliever think of it like, yeah. like you're just like getting into it you know getting into the bread so I feel like that's a, a great thing and I know um not not because I don't want people going to your store you know please you know you need to to take care of a family, but um, it's also a great way to to be able to make something for you and your family at home and in the comfort of your own home. Um, everything you talked about with using your hands, that's so, in this day and age, in some ways, old-fashioned, as in it's something that was so much more acceptable a couple of months ago. And of course, using your hands in a clean process to make bread is something that can't go away, but need the actual place. It's very French, very European, very focused on gathering and the neighborhood feel of things and just kind of having people sit and enjoy. Do you think that that model is still going to be attractive to people when we get closer and closer to whatever this new normal is going to be? That's a great question. That's such a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I would hope so. I, um, hospitality is a huge part of our, of our life, right? And um, it's, it's what we do at work all day long and um, just being hospitable to our employees and giving them a hopefully a great 
work environment and experience, and then also creating a great environment and experience for our customers. And so we're thinking, we're thinking about that. I think it's going to be different. Um, I think it's going to look different. Uh, at least some of the ideas that we have are going to be different um, than what we were doing before. But there is a way to be hospitable and caring and loving, um, even with a mask and gloves on. And I think that's something that I've learned um, throughout this experience is that I can still care for our customers, um, even just by waving to them and placing their bread on it or whatever they've ordered on a table outside in front of their car. Um, and so I do think that we are longing for that to happen again, for us to be able to gather again. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like, and I do think it will happen. I just think it's going to be a little bit different. And with this culture that we have right now, hospitality is something that you have, you know, You've really risen to the occasion, no bread pun intended there, with finding new ways to be hospitable. And I think that Meals for Meds and everything that we've been seeing as far as people spending their money during a time of economic uncertainty on helping feed other people, do you think that this whole, you know, give back culture and feed a neighbor culture, do you think that's something that is going to persist after this is all said and done too? I hope so. I, I think too, that's something that um, AJ and I, and even John Perkins and I have talked about is what is like, this is something that could stick around for, and, and it could, it might morph and change depending on what the need is. But I do think, I do think that people, um, we were, we were all really busy and um, I don't want to put, I don't want to just like lump some, but in, generalized here but you know we're busy and we're self-centered and we have our own agendas right and totally. this has paused all of those you know a lot of those um agendas have had to um just been put on pause for a little bit or we've had to lose certain things that we thought we were going to have and so um i think it also just kind of refocus and resets um, what is important to us and what's important to our families and to our city and so I hope that that, that give back um, and that generosity stays. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side podcast production. I'm Abby Larico. Executive producer is Dory Olmos. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and follow us on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. We like hearing your thoughts. You can also email those to podcasts at ksdk.com. Check out the episode notes for links to the Meals for Meds website and Frontline Foods. It's important to share all these links with people you know, people who are looking for ways to help, and especially during National Nurses Week might want to show a little support for all these frontline workers. And cheers to all the nurses this week. We appreciate you always, but especially now. Stay well out there, everyone, and seize the plate.